To Pace the Nation, broadcasting here in Clarendon in Studio 1A. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for another week. And with me, as always, to my left is Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? <clears throat> it's a big day, Chris. Big day. Yeah, in studio, we have my nemesis. <laughs> I know, that's true. Uh-oh. We'll get to him. Uh, and then you heard uh, William E. Docs sitting across from me. Docs, what's up? Jumping the gun on the microphone. Sorry about that, folks. Broken protocol. No worries, man. We do have your nemesis. He's going to join us shortly. That was his choice for music. Uh, I didn't really get the music choice until it comes in and says, I had a hard run. I think that's what it said. Uh huh. Trying too hard. Trying too hard. Yeah. Well, I think it was also the Grateful Dead's last uh, show last week or something like that, too. Sort of. Sort of. Okay. I mean, Jerry Garcia. <laughs> he died not a long time ago. Yeah. 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 Right. So. Right. All right. Yeah. You know, I'm not, never huge fact checker. So. No, I mean, they, they're these, this group is is still playing right. as the Grateful Dead. But how can you be the Grateful Dead without Jerry yeah, Garcia? That's true. All right. Well, that was the reasoning for the music choice. So everybody, don't send your hate tweets to Joanna this week. It wasn't her choice. Especially your, if you go raving with her on Saturday nights. <laughs> right. Or, or if you like the music, you know, don't give her props for it because it was Charlie's, <laughs> Charlie's pick. Yeah. Uh, but you're, as you mentioned, Joanna, your nemesis is here. We finally got him in studio. Uh, we'll have Charlie Band join us. He's the editor-in-chief of Run Washington. So very excited to have him along with us today. Uh, we'll talk about Clarendon Construction. Uh, as we do every week, I think there's some really cool big updates uh, that Joanna will be able to uh, talk to us about. Uh, we also are going to do the mailbag along with, um, uh, we'll talk a little bit about our, our, our interview from last week. And that's really what, where I kind of wanted to start, guys. Um, great interview last week, solid feedback uh, from our, our sit down with Carrie Gallagher before she headed off to Europe. And then she went. And got her world championship qualifier like two days or three days later after we talked to her. Awesome job, Carrie. But within 24 hours of us releasing the podcast. <laughs> I know, it's true. We released it and then... So I we're mean, not sure if she had raced over the weekend before right, we released right. the podcast. Right. We're, we're not sure which which effect was, was stronger, her sitting in studio or... It being released to the to the, but we can all agree it was the podcast. It, mu- it yeah, must yeah, have been yeah, the podcast. Yeah. No, we do agree on that. <laughs> okay. It's an interesting point you got. You bring up there, Docs. She was on the podcast. I mean, is there like a cause and effect relationship for her being on the podcast than going out and smashing that world championship qualifying yeah. time? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I don't know why you're shrugging your head and and, and asking and the asking question. Asking the question. 
We yeah, know. We we do know. Well, Joanna got a chance to talk to Carrie. How, how's she doing on cloud nine? I bet, right? Oh, I mean, she's so excited. Not only did she get the standard, but she won the race and got a meet record. Mm. Um, and Carrie said herself that she was a little surprised at how quickly she ran. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but this is really great for Carrie because now she still has a couple more races that she can just relax, work on tactics. She's not under the gun to get that standard. Um, and it also means that now she can she doesn't have to exhaust herself trying to get that standard. So she go into worlds with really fresh legs. Yeah, it's awesome. And she ran four oh three something. Four oh three five. Four oh three five. And I, I guess her as we talked about last week that to qualify for the world championships in Beijing, she needed to run under four oh six, four oh six five or something like that. So. She left no doubt about it, running 4.035, so awesome work there. It's a five-second PR. Five-second PR, so yeah. So we can guarantee if you come on the show, we will give you a five-second five PR. PR. Might be attractive offer for middle-distance runners, maybe not marathoners. <laughs> right, exactly. So if you're like an 800-meter runner mm-hmm. and we're promising to get you a five-second PR, that's a big, big chunk. If you run the 100 meters... <laughs> Yeah, we can get you down. We will get you five seconds yeah. off that hundred. Yeah. All right. Well, without performance-enhancing drugs. That's very true. That's very true. So, uh, although I wouldn't be surprised to see some sort of people coming after us. Yeah, because of yeah, because of how uh, effective we are mm-hmm. at, at at getting mm-hmm. your your PRs down. Well, uh, yeah, that was that was fantastic. I mean, it was just it was awesome to see uh, great timing uh, for our interview to happen and. Props to you, Joanna, for uh, getting getting Carrie over here to the studio and 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 doing that interview right before she left. Uh, so she's going to be st- she's still staying in Europe and going to do those next two races, regardless of the fact that she got her t- he, she got her qualifying time right. Yeah, it's still important for Carrie to get some of those races under her belt in the international scene. Um, gotcha. And and Amy has her roommates already joined her in Belgium. So remember their vacation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, we had a couple tweets about um, Carrie and the show. Appreciate the feedback. Um, Docs, we were talking before the show that uh, we wanted to encourage the interaction even more and give an incentive or a prize for the best tweet of the week. So this week, everybody listen up. If you tweet at Pace the Nation, the best tweet of the week will get $20 in Pacers bucks. Now, who's going to decide what the best tweet of the week is? I don't know, but Joanna just picked up her phone and is tweeting now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I and, think, and I think that we're ineligible. Don't count. Yeah, we should studio, be ineligible. Yeah. So best tweet of the week at Pace the Nation. Uh, we'll, we'll get $20 in Pacers bucks next, well, on next week's program. Let's just call it the tweet of the week. Okay. Let's not say it's the best tweet. Okay. So we'll that, say the tweet of the week. Right. Making it the tweet of the week allows uh, a lot of leeway in, in, in picking I that. I like it. That's the, the lawyers talking in my ear right now. <laughs> right, I like it. Uh, a number of people tweeted in and favored uh, last week's show. Uh, we picked up a lot of followers. I can't even go through uh, is the list of people who began following the show, but we do appreciate you guys uh, joining the party. Uh, we tweeted out that, um, uh, or last week we asked the question, uh, what was one of your favorite races? And Chris Jedden tweeted in and says, uh, Pikes Peak Ascent is a 13-mile all-uphill race. This is the one he enjoys the most. Starts at 6,300 feet. The temperature is 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Ends uh, with snow flurries 
at 14,000 feet. Uh, and so you, you go from 75 degrees, beautiful weather, uh, up Pikes Peak to uh, snow flurries at the top of the mountain there. Dude, that's already – you're already starting – at at sixty three hundred feet, right? That's already elevation. I know that's a lot. That's already tough, and then it's it's pure uphill, all the way up to fourteen k. Yeah. Is it on roads or trails? I don't know, Chris. I you'd have to tweet tweet us back. I think it's back, a road up. No, yeah. I, I'm I'm just saying that, but I think I've heard of this race before, mm-hmm. um, and I'm making everything up beyond that uh, no fact checking on the show no fact checking (laughs) right there's no time for that that's a that's a tough race that sounds awesome i mean it's an awesome accomplishment but man that would be do you think they have like beers waiting at the top for these people oxygen masks (laughs) i would say beers probably isn't the best idea after making that ascent but i well there i've done um the vermont hundred miler they have you go up a ski mountain so mm-hmm. the people that run that leg when they get to the top they have well i guess they don't have beer but you get a um a pint glass for doing that leg because it's the hardest leg the hardest the race. leg of the right. race yeah. yeah um not to be lost in this is is yeah. that you finish the race uh at 14k feet mm-hmm. uh also you're at the top of a mountain it's not like there's a metro stop up there. Not sure. Yeah, he didn't mention how he gets back. A lot of questions here, Chris. You're going to have to tweet us back and let us know logistically how you get back down. We are interested, uh, mildly interested, though, because I want to know how you get back down. Because I don't know back how you down, get back down after doing that. I want to know what's the total distance of yeah, the race. Yeah. I want to know, uh, is it a trail? Is it a road? Right. Um, and Joanna wants to know how much beer is waiting for you. <laughs> a lot of, lot of questions, so let us know, Chris. But thank you for sharing that. And congrats on finishing that because that, <laughs> that's a, that's a, sounds like a tough race. Uh, we also heard from Peter Russo today. He needed to correct the host on uh, a story from Episode 10. Uh, we talked about uh, a major race in a minor town in Episode 10. Mm-hmm. There are actually no coal mines in New Jersey. Uh, Ottingsburg was a zinc mine. Yeah, just just so you know, Peter, we don't really like to be corrected. <laughs> it's not that's not why we we have this thing out right. there. Well, that's fine. That might be somebody's dad, so he's got he's just he's saying got the, he, he's he's got the ability to to kind of do whatever. Uh, <laughs> we also heard from um, our friend who's trying to sell us Edison light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, this show is so inside. Like, if, if you missed, the, you know, the the program, you'd be wondering why we're talking about coal yeah, just, mines or zinc mines or Edison light just bulbs. Just hit the fifteen second advance button now. <laughs> right, right. Um, Daruyan from Japan said maybe you will sell those Edison bulbs soon. Um, I, probably not, but I don't know. I think you that they know. might actually be from China. Oh, from China. Um, okay. Yeah, and. Uh, but yeah, again, no no fact checking on this show. Right. Um, but it is time for a major announcement. We're giving up the podcast, and <laughs> right. we're going to go into uh, selling of Edison bulbs instead, right? Uh, because we <laughs> yeah. have a supplier. Big announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's joking. I don't want anybody to get get the wrong idea. No, definitely, that's uh, Doc's joking around there. We also heard from Carrie Gallagher herself this week. She said she had a great time catching up with her friends at Run Pacers on Pace the Nation. Thank you, Carrie. We got a lot of uh, favorites and probably followers from that uh, tweet. Uh, Santia tweeted in, and he's he's excited to hear uh, to follow Carrie after hearing her on the show. Um, 
we also uh, heard from from Sandwich Todd, who congratulated uh, her on the on the race, and also congratulated her on being a good guest on the show. Uh, William Dox tweeted in and said it was a huge week for Kerry Gallagher, guest spot on the Pace the Nation show and a world championship qualifying time in her 1,500-meter performance in Italy. Hashtag best week ever. Hashtag congrats. Uh, I tried to follow that up with... Uh, I liked your follow-up. It was funny. I, I, I said it's, it's hard to pick um, uh, which is a bigger event, a vacation at Nags Head or racing in Europe qualifying for the worlds or hosting a college uh right it's very very good reference Again, to, to the interview yeah very very because inside. this this is the story of her life <laughs> she yeah. she always has to pick between two very extreme things yeah. uh so we also uh a number like i said number of new followers including suzanne russo um who is now following us but she's her her avatar is an egg well, Anybody? it's it's not an egg. It's just she doesn't have a picture, so that's the default. Okay, right. yeah, it's the default avatar. I, you Did know, you think that my mom was just like a really big fan of no, eggs? No, I just, I mean, I just whenever I see somebody, I know that that's the general avatar for. You're not uh, even Twitter. trying. If if your <laughs> exactly. if your avatar is an egg, you're not even. trying. You're not trying. I I mm-hmm. I, I kind of disrespect. Sorry, Suzanne. I kind of disrespect. <laughs> People with avatars as eggs. Sorry, the lawyer is talking to me again. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, wants yeah. me to point out that these yeah. are the views of Chris Farley and do not reflect the, the, right, show, the show or the other hosts. Right. Anyways, change. If if this is for not just for her, but for anybody out there, if your avatar is an egg, change your avatar, please. Or Chris Farley will unfollow you. I will unfollow you if you have an egg as an avatar. That's one of my pet peeves. You know, I, I don't know why, but uh, I'm just looking. Is. We have five. Egg five five, fo- five egg followers. Um, <laughs> six. Can't, Sorry, we have six. Can't stand them. Up, up to six. We, Joanna and I, I'm, I'm not speaking for Joanna. Right. I guess now we're all taking our own stand. I'm happy that they're following us. Okay. Uh, and my views are exact opposite of, <laughs> of the host. Right. Um, all right, fine. I'm happy they're seven, following Seven. We're too. up to seven. <laughs> A lot of eggs out there. I think all of our followers are going to change their pictures to eggs yeah. now. Eight. <laughs> Eight. So basically, you're alienating 10% of our followers, yeah. almost 10% of our followers. Well, you know, you can Good tweet. strategy. You can tweet us about, uh, you know, anything you want. We get some clarification this week from Chris about that race. Uh, you know, other topics on, on as they come up on the show. You can tweet Charlie about what he has to say. Uh, you can tweet about um, whether or not you should have an egg as an avatar. Anything goes. You can tweet us at Pace the Nation. Again, the tweet of the week will be uh, rewarded with $20 in Pacers bucks, uh, which you can spend at any Pacers running location. So um, that's uh, exciting big news here on the program. All right, guys. It's time we bring in Joanna's nemesis. <gasps> And after the break, we welcome in Charlie Ban. Well, very excited to uh, have our next guest just join us here. We've referenced him on the show many times. Uh, we've referenced his, uh, I, I don't know if it's a beef between Joanna and It's him. a pretty fierce rivalry. A rivalry. On the same level as like Coke versus Pepsi, <laughs> Tesla versus Edison, Hemingway versus Faulkner. Wow, I could some, I could keep, keep going. going. Go ahead, please. please see how many yeah. you got? Yeah. Um, Capone versus Bugs Moran, 
um, Hamilton versus Bird. This could this could end up in a duel uh-huh. on a on a mountain somewhere. Will Will one of you uh, shoot into the ground and then the other one shoot the the other person? Yeah, Charlie's gonna shoot me. Oh no! <laughs> what an evil guy. Well. I'm glad you guys are on my side. Well, mm-hmm. we, we, we do want to bring him in. It's Charlie Band, Editor-in-Chief of Run Washington. Charlie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, I know this was difficult because the, Joanna and Charlie are, are staring at each other right now. like Separated some, by like, the table. Awkward stare down here. Uh, but uh, how did this beef between you and – is this a real beef? I, I, I'm not sure whether they're doing a bit here or what, Docs. Seems, seems pretty real. Yeah. Well, back around November of last year, uh, Chris, you actually said, "Hey, Charlie, let's do a podcast." And I said, "This is true. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Let me think about that." I I thought about what time I'd have available to do that, and you asked me again in January and said, "Let's get something going before the end of January." And I said, "Yeah, I'm going to work on that." And I realized it just wasn't going to work out. I just I don't have the time to do a weekly podcast, and I. Uh, Ran into Joanna at the Best of Washington Running Party in May after a few episodes of the podcast had come out, and I said, "Oh, I'm liking the podcast. You're you're doing a good job, and and you're doing it a lot. I'm not sure I could have kept that that pace up." And she seemed taken aback, and I explained, "Oh, well, Chris asked me to do a podcast, and I couldn't do it." And she asked me a few more times that evening, and I stonewalled her. I didn't want to. Didn't want to. <laughs> inflame any tensions but yep. that was the worst thing i could have done yeah and the next day i came into pacers and and, and clarendon and we talked a little bit but there was still a lingering tension there yeah and the fire had already started yes and it was a grease fire it was getting all over the place i tried to put it out with water and it spread all over the place no baking soda all no right so so yeah so, so uh, to pull back the curtain here i did ask Charlie first. Oh, finally the truth comes <laughs> out. <laughs> but, but Charlie, settle, settle a bet for us here. Yeah. Was it that you didn't have time for the podcast, or is it that you didn't have faith in this podcast that I, you turned it down? Well, here's what I'll say. Somebody who wants to do something will find a way. Charlie didn't find mm-hmm. a way. He didn't have faith yeah. in podcasts. Yeah. I didn't so have faith. I, well, Charlie, that's okay. Joanna will answer for you. So, <laughs> yeah. Joanna, what else... Uh, <laughs> No, uh, you know, I, I, I know Charlie works two pretty much full-time jobs. So, you know, in his defense here, it, it, it probably is a better fit. And, you know, most people can't work or do the show during these off-hour times. So, Joanna, you know, I think you've done a great job as choice number 1A. Or maybe your one B. I I don't know. I don't want to get well, into ranking. Let's not numbers on right. it. Let's not rank. As I've said yeah. before, Charlie may have been your first choice, but I was the only real choice. Yeah. Well, I did want to do a weekly <sighs> consistent show, so that's what we're doing. Weekly consistent show. I think it's all worked out, and we're thrilled to have uh, Charlie on the show here today. So, as I'm trying to move on from this topic. Yeah, you started this. Charlie and I could be the best of friends if it weren't for you. We used to be. Yeah, see? All right, thank you for joining us. Um, let's talk about you as a, as, as a runner before we get into your job at, at Run Washington. You ran at Richmond? I did, okay. under Steve Taylor. So you ran at, under, Rich, at, under Steve Taylor at Richmond. Uh, you were a competitive runner and, and stayed competitive afterwards. What's your, your running been like after Richmond? As much as I can. Yeah, so you trained for 
marathons, half marathons. Half marathon. That's half, pretty half. much my wheelhouse these days. And uh, uh, the, the club that you train with is the, the Georgetown Running Club? That's correct. Yeah, yeah we, talk, uh, talk about the Georgetown Running Club. Who are they? I learned about the Georgetown Running Club back when it was sponsored by the Georgetown Running Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of guys I knew growing up in Pittsburgh, uh, Dave O'Hara, who ran 11 with me, and Scott Monroe, who ran at our neighboring high school, uh, South Park. Uh, they ran with the club back in the mid-2000s. And when I'd talk to them and I'd say, I'm considering moving to the D.C. area, they say, oh, you got to come run with the GRC guys. I said, oh, okay, sounds sounds good. I'll do that. When I finally showed up, I both Dave and... Well, Scott had moved to Boston. Dave wasn't running quite as much, uh, but I, I met the guys, and I liked the feel of the club. I, I liked the ethos. Uh, the, we were kind of the mighty ducks to uh, <laughs> the Pacers running team's uh, uh, towering oppressor. Right. So right. It, it worked. It worked for me. And in 2012, we uh, broke off from the, the store, uh, incorporated, became a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and now we operate independently, do our own fundraising, and have a roster of about 40 or 50 uh, active members. And so you guys do a lot of the D.C. Uh, road races. Yes. Right? A lot of the Pacers races, too. A lot of the Pacers races and a, a really cool competitive club. So um, run. So you, you uh, started with Run Washington or became in charge of Run Washington about the same time of 2012, right? Yes, about uh, about about the time we incorporated. It was, it was August 2012, I think, I met with you and Kathy. Yeah. And we offered you the position because Charlie is a is a, a his full time job is a again he has two full time jobs but he's a writer by day uh, and a and, writer by night and a writer by night what who do you work for during the day the National Association of Counties uh, that's county governments so uh, all three thousand sixty nine we we care about them <laughs> well it doesn't sound nearly as exciting as writing about running not even close <laughs> <laughs> I don't know have you heard about the waters of the U S I don't know. Uh, but you do a great job for for, 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 for the magazine. Uh, what are the responsibilities, kind of, as the editor of Run Washington? Well, ultimately, I decide what goes in the magazine and on the website. Uh, we, when when I took over, we changed things a little bit, and the uh, magazine stopped carrying uh, race reports and, and timely timely information, and we made it entirely uh, we made it entirely narrative based, just mm-hmm. stories and stories that were. It would last as long as you wanted to keep the magazine. It, it didn't matter if you it didn't matter if you picked it up in in August. You wouldn't you wouldn't have obsolete information in there. So we we moved all the timely information to the website. So I decide what ultimately goes into the magazine on the website, and I manage recruit and manage our team my team of writers and photographers. I try to keep everybody fed. Uh, try to try to distribute the right. the stories. Uh, oh, do you bring snacks yeah. to your meetings? I was going to say that's. Uh, I do take my writers out for for Farley, breakfast often. Yeah. Farley, oh, interesting. Father, yeah. do you want to borrow my pen so you can write a note? Yeah, I, I thank you. Uh, I'm feverishly writing. How, a note Charlie, down. how many writers and photographers would you say you have on staff? I manage about twelve writers and seven photographers. And he keeps all of them fed. And there's <laughs> only two of us, Chris. I take them to yeah. Taco. Yeah. Uh, all right, all right. How often do you take Charlie out? <laughs> <laughs> for breakfast. How uh, often, Joanna uh, wants to take me out for a knuckle sandwich, I think. <laughs> no, uh, Kathy and I take Charlie out once a year, I think. And we do the Run Washington party, which uh, you know he's basically the host of. But we Can't wait for that invite next year. Yeah, well, you, you'll get an invite next yeah. year. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, I feel like um, today's shamelessly yeah, begging, begging listeners yeah. to invite us. To yeah. stuff. I feel like maybe I could do a better job. Okay, fair enough. Fine, I, I take I take that. We could uh, we could go to District Ta- Taco after this show today, guys. Um, but yeah, so you you mentioned that uh, you, the timely articles go on the uh, the, the website. What's mm-hmm. what? What do you mean? What's a timely article? Uh, a story about a race that just happened. We try to get them up within a day. Uh, okay. Of course, sometimes we have to wait for photos. Uh, if it's a big story, then it takes a while to actually put together. Uh, when when I the fastest I've been able to turn a story around was the Marine Corps Marathon last year. Mm-hmm. I think I finished talking to people and immediately started writing and it took me about an hour and a half to get everything together, uh, get a get a thousand plus word story out there. And uh, so that, uh, we cover cross country in high school now and that's, that's also something that we put online. Mm-hmm. We uh, try to keep that, uh, keep that coming as soon as possible too. Yeah, so how, how often are you, you kind of changing the content out on the site? I'd like to do it at least twice or three times a week. Uh, that depends on how many assignments I have uh, out to, mm-hmm. to writers. I'll often just toss something together. Uh, I, threw, threw, I threw a story together about the weather and uh, the weather forecast in D.C. for the summer. I talked to Alex Liggett, the running weatherman, to get his, uh, get his forecast and chatted with a few people about their... Uh, there are attitudes toward running in the summer because mm-hmm. it's you can get a little, little miserable. To, although this, this summer's been, been, been pretty good pretty since, since the end of May. It's been good so far. How, yeah. what, what's the outlook? Yeah, from the running for, for those weatherman. for those of us that haven't had the chance to go online yet and, and look at your article. <laughs> yeah. So Alex Alex uh, noted the higher than average temperatures in May, but mentioned that uh, given long term trends he saw developing throughout the country, that uh, despite that heat wave in May that uh, we're going to see temperatures inching back toward or retracting back toward the 30-year average, uh, whereas the last few years, July has been very hot. Uh, so far, we're we're pretty cool this year. Uh, only three days in at this point, but right. uh, he sees uh, temperatures for the rest of the summer being close to uh, historical averages, which is good for everybody because they're not as bad as they'd seem. It, just the last few years have been especially 2010, 11, and 12 were pretty rough. Yeah, and most that's, of us don't train at 5 a.m. like Joanna. Yeah, and that that's good news for our Ragnar team, Farley. That is good news. That is good news. Um, yeah, so what is it about D.C. running? I mean, you guys cover, you and your team of writers cover all things D.C. running. That's what I love about the, the magazine and Run Washington. Uh, we were recently named by U.S. News, the we being DC, uh, the fittest city in America. I mean, what is what is it about DC that um, you know, makes it so compelling to be fit and a runner? Well, there are a number of uh, physical and human elements at play here. Uh, physically, you can't beat a city that has a long stretch of grass in yeah. the in the in the geographic center of the city. Uh, to have a park like Rock Creek, right. In, in the middle of our population center. I've, I'm a big fan of uh, Portland's Forest Park, but it's mm-hmm. on the outskirts of the northwestern end of the city. Uh, I mean, Rock Creek is right there. It's got, it's got trails. It, it, has, uh, it has roads that are closed on the weekends. Plenty of options there. Uh, our suburbs also have plenty of trails. The uh, Capitol Crescent Trail in, in Maryland, the uh, WNOD, which I know Docs is a big fan of. Yep. 
Yeah, um, mostly the proximity, but yes. Because <laughs> the dummy no indeed does go a long way. It's a, and it's close to where I live, and uh, I'm too lazy to drive somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're. Let me give you this pen back so you can uh, feverishly take notes about all these other uh, good places. These you other can trails. Run. Yeah, yeah. And with the people here, you have uh, a lot of personality elements that add to the fit atmosphere. Uh, Everyone's. A lot of people have mentioned type A personalities and competitiveness, right. uh, driving a lot of people. But I think just as much you have an influx of young, active people every, pretty much every year, uh, sometimes several times a year, depending on on hiring cycles. So they bring a lot of energy to the to the city, uh, and there's an intrinsic therapeutic or celebratory nature of running uh, that when you deal in a city like D.C. that it's politically polarizing where you have uh, you have binary results where there are winners and losers. Winners feeling triumphant will go out and just breeze a few miles. Losers, well, people who are on the losing end of some <laughs> losers, battles. They're not losers. <laughs> people on the losing don't, end. Don't call our listeners losers. <laughs> <laughs> People on the losing end of certain right. battles. Sure. Uh, I mean, if you look in popular media, TV, movies, and somebody is pulling themselves up uh, from their boot, the boots by the bootstraps, uh, usually starts with a montage of late night runs uh, where they just go out there and pound the pavement. And you know, when you've had a bad day at work or things just aren't going for it, going well for you, what better way to turn your life around than by taking an active role and just hammering out there i feel like he's referencing a uh a popular show do you guys are you tracking with me here guys Doc, are you talking are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) no but farley does know where the uh airport is that they film wings i do again inside long Uh story this guy i mean i don't know why you always have to say all all he does is give a inside it slide all right fine let it slide Um, are you, he, you're talking about House of Cards. I am talking about House of yeah. Cards. I thought he was talking about House of Cards. Did you get that same what, sense? What, what of what's? House of Cards. Um, it's a TV show that only on, Farley has seen at the table, <laughs> but I knew that's what he was talking I, about. Wait, I've seen House of okay. Cards. Don't, I thought it was yeah, a game of cards. No, no, that's a game of Charlie Thrones. Charlie is He's, definitely not yeah, seen it. No, you know, I think um, his, his refer- referencing, you know, a... a powerful political figure going out late nights on runs to clear their mind or... You know, conquer their next political battle. I feel like that happened in House of Cards a number of times. So but I they were winners back then. That was season one and two. <laughs> so see, he, so yeah, he of has seen it. I've watched it. Yeah, he, he was he was referencing that. Uh, do you think that's unique to DC, though? I mean, I, I agree with you on all those points. I, I I do think it is rather unique to DC. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I or rather. I you mean, do, you mean that motivation to get out and run. Is unique to DC. I think the combination of the motivation, the the atmosphere, the political atmosphere, these right. people working in the political sphere, and the and the physical makeup of the city with these with options for recreation, uh, pedestrian is as much as people will point out uh, accidents with bikes and, and cars. Uh, it's a relatively pedestrian friendly city compared to other places. Uh, it's it's. It is a good combination of people and place to make us to make it easy to be a runner here. So and the, plenty of plenty of uh, locally owned running stores nearby, <laughs> that's and very true. a very healthy uh, selection of running clubs. Yeah, and uh, actually, that's actually one of the things I'm uh, working on for Run Washington, which which will be a uh, 
pretty comprehensive map of running groups and where you can where you can meet up with people to go for a run. That'll illustrate what we have here. So speaking of the people, can you give us some good stories of DC runners? We've had a lot of great stories and reading those even months or years later, I, I, I get a kick out of it. Uh, I've got a few I'd like to share. One was uh, this guy, Ted Hobart. Uh, he lives in Arlington, uh, works for uh, Whitman Walker Health. Uh, I came across him last year when I was surveying all the marathons in the country and counting the number of uh, D.C. area runners who finished. And I kept seeing this guy toward the end, George Hobart. Sometimes he is coming dead last for a lot of these races. And I thought, this guy, he, he keeps doing this, even though he's clearly not you know, at the mm-hmm. top of the game. He must really love this sport. And I got in touch with him. And uh, I think Jay Wynn put me in touch with him or something. And uh, he was just a compelling guy he just he he had a great story uh one that uh resonated with me as a as a as a as a uh, teenager uh, uh one of two of his friends were uh, murdered on the appalachian trail and he wanted to run a, a marathon in every state in their in their memory uh that that happened right about when i became familiar with the trail and and got a little interested in hiking it myself and soon after uh we i saw the news report about about the the double murder mm-hmm. and in a way it was the first time i realized that the world could be a terrible place mm-hmm. and seeing him take that tragedy that injustice and and do something like that and dedicate himself to their memory like that uh and also despite you know coming toward the end of these races still going at it you know, race after race he's i think he's finishing up next summer up mm-hmm. in Rhode Island, I think, or Vermont. But uh, the story uh, Elton Hayes and I wrote about him, uh, I called it Ted Last. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's such a positive guy, too. Um, I think that's a you know characteristic about a lot of runners. But, yeah, that is a great story. Are those stories archived on the site? They are. Could, okay, so you could find that story about Ted. You can see it both on – I have to check and see if it's uh, – written into the into the site but i we also have uh archives of our digital edition on the website uh i think they go back at least two years okay uh, another great story uh, another one that came from beat reporting i mean usually a beat report beat reporter is covering something like a uh you know federal agency or something like this but right. this was this came out of uh covering high school cross country and i was trying to i'm trying to get a, a account of the number of runners in in each in each uh in the entire area of Dietrich cross country last year mm-hmm. and while i was emailing coaches i was just asking hey what's any anything worth uh knowing about some of your runners and uh ron, ron cronledge i believe cronleg uh i don't know how to pronounce his name from uh, jeb stewart said yeah we have this we have this freshman who has a feeding tube and this is his first first time running and he's improving like crazy and he's you know, he's, he's going out there and doing the work. And I gave the story to Katie Bolton, a great writer who I rarely have to edit. And she mm-hmm. uh, wrote what I believe, what I feel is the best story we've ever, we've ever published. Uh, his name is Matthew Hua. And he, uh, after a, a medically rough childhood, he settled into uh, adolescence and decided la- when he was in eighth grade that he wanted to do a sport. Uh, and he and he's and he's on a feeding tube. He's so he never he's never eaten solid food in his wow. life. Uh, he's had a feeding tube his entire life. Wow! 
And that obviously causes a lot of conflicts. And the fact that being jostled, uh, full contact sports are out for him. Sure. Uh, worrying about basic his basic welfare is a is a major concern that's yeah. kept him out of a lot of sports. But he his uh, I think his brother uh, played his brother and sister both played soccer, and they introduced him to running. And they had to. Uh, they had to petition the Fairfax County School Board for permission for him to run cross country, and the school board was totally on board. They just had some, they had uh, liability concerns they had mm-hmm. they had to allay. But uh, last year was his first year running. He can only practice running around the track because he has to have a nurse uh, within eyesight all the time. He has to be, or he rather, he has to be within a nurse's eyesight all the time. They let him go out and race and. He he gets a you know gets about twenty three minutes where he's wow. free, but uh, but he's he's under conditions. That I don't think I'd be if I had to run on the track every day. I'm not sure if I'd keep doing it. I'm complaining about my metatarsal every week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. This is, I feel kind of bad now. That's seventy percent of our show is me talking about my injury. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew is he is a remarkable kid, and he's and he's and he putting the time, and he's he's improving. His coach said he's just chopping minutes off, and he's—I mean, outside of running, he's a—he's—he's he's very smart. He's a—he's a violin. He's a vi- violinist, and he's—I think he's taking—he's taking college courses as a freshman in high school. Wow. And but he—he he found a sense of belonging on the team. He—he he has teammates for the first time, mm-hmm. and it's—he's finally getting to experience what he couldn't before, what other sports didn't allow with his condition. And it's he's just a remarkable kid, and telling his story was probably the best thing we've done so far with Ron Washington. Being able to to if if there's any ideal that we work toward, it's it's telling a story where running really makes a difference for the person, and for Matthew Wah, it it makes a difference. Well, props, That's awesome. yeah, props to you, man. And I I did see a story on I think USA Nine CBS mm-hmm. that he was like a profiled athlete of the week and. Was that because of the story of you and Katie's story? I don't know, certainly, yeah. but I can't. But I, yeah. I, I'd have to say, given the timing, yeah, I think somebody probably read the story and thought they'd do a, they'd do a, a feature. See, if it was me, see, we got an editor of a magazine on here. He's he's worried about facts. I would have just taken credit for it, you know. <laughs> right. So. I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing. I was yeah. gonna say, but but actually, he he kind of did take credit for but it. But he but, in a but in a well versed way. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We would have been like those. <laughs> Those yeah, guys, hell no, oh man, yeah. plagiarizing. Hey, if if somebody saw the story that wasn't going to read them, if somebody's watching the regular newscast and saw that story, they wouldn't have read Run Washington. That that's yeah. one more person who who's that's inspired awesome. by what well, this kid does. That's a good point. You're yeah. also excited about the story, and we're looking out for ourselves. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, we got Charlie Ban, the editor of uh, Run Washington, on us with us today at, on Pace the Nation. Um, so we talked about some of the good stories for of DC running. Uh, oh, one thing that yeah. I'd like to yeah, what, go ahead. The, the, the when we talk about stories that are uni- unique to DC, my favorite story I've written, uh, the entire production went really well. Uh, was uh, what we called uh, Shutdown Palace. Mm-hmm. It was about the uh, federal government shutdown in 2013. Oh, we know it well. Oh, you were you were here for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And writing about the consequences that uh, that, that the federal government's inaction had on the running community, 
And it, uh, for a while, it meant a few races would have to be postponed, like the Woodward Wilson Bridge Half Marathon. Mm-hmm. Some races just had to cancel some uh, some combined uh, races, combined courses, so they could uh, uh, both carry on their events. Because they, you know, when you're when you're raising money for charity with a race, which a lot of races do, you can't you can't lose the race. So right. the uh, I believe it was. Uh, some uh, law enforcement oriented race allowed the Boo Run for Life uh, 10K to to share their course, uh, and but the 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 big story there was what was going to happen to the Marine Corps Marathon, right? Because that's as the like the last year was the fourth largest marathon in the country. Now it's, a lot of people don't relate this or, or make this connection though. When the government shut the, shuts down, you know these jurisdictions like park like mm-hmm. you know capitol hill like all these jurisdictions who uh help put on these races i mean you know, more than more than 60 percent of the course for marine right. corps is on national park, park service, service. Land. so if those guys are, are are shut down not working uh you can't put on the You're race plum out of luck right there 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 was a school of thought that maybe they would do a non-nps course I talked to Rick Nealis, the race director, at length uh, after the after the race ultimately went on, and he said they had a, an idea, but people would have been so disappointed right. that, and it would have been so much more expensive. The good thing about running on National Park Service land is that a lot of it is just one road. I mean, Haynes Point, you don't have any cross traffic, so you don't have to have as many uh, police officers out there directing traffic or, or uh, manning mm-hmm. manning the barriers. Uh, the increase in costs in having a, a course that went through Alexandria and Arlington County uh, would have been stark, and it would have it, it would have put cost the race, prohibitive. It, yeah. it would have yeah. definitely put yeah. the race in, in in jeopardy because they're not trying to make they're uh, pretty close to revenue neutral with that mm-hmm. race. Uh, it would have it wouldn't have worked, and people would have been miserable. I think uh, Nealis said. I, I paid to run up to the uh, Iwo Jima Memorial, not see Glebe Road. I'll, I'll do respect to Glebe Road. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that's so, North, yeah. North Glebe Road or South Glebe Road? I, I like North Glebe Road a lot. Like going I down do to too. the. Yeah. Uh, it's, that, that, it's one of the few flat places up there, and you can just. <laughs> cru- and if you come up from the chain bridge, you get the big hill, and then you get to just cruise down the, the, the flat. But, the, but that race. Uh, that 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 story was a lot of fun to report. It it uh, it was it was an it was an opus. I think it was about three thousand or four thousand words. But mm-hmm. uh, we had good good photos, good art to go with it. I, I really liked it. As, as a Grateful Dead fan, I liked being able to uh, adapt uh, uh, "Broke Down Palace" to a title there. So uh, all together, it was a lot of fun. The drawback was I'm not sure who cared. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot. I mean, I think it was an interesting because it's just a lot of things that people didn't think about. Yeah, the, the, it's a behind the scenes story. The, to be quite the, honest, the, the effects of this government shutdown. But it's uh, also like really ridiculous to think that that we need the government to be <laughs> right. uh, spinning all their wheels in order to run on that mm-hmm. land. Right. Sorry, yeah. right? No, but, no. It's and and that that's something I I I. I comb through a lot of social media sites, uh, largely Facebook and Twitter, uh, although I'm still getting a hang of Twitter years later. Uh, just so, there's so much. Uh, but looking for people's complaints as they got anxious about whether or not the race is going to happen. Obviously, it's a yes. national race, so people are traveling from all over the place. They've uh, they've got cost to think about hotel rooms. 
and reading people's palpable frustration and a lot of the, a lot of the way the ways they spoke out uh blaming all kinds of people it 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 showed a lack of understanding of the machinations of running a race which is which is normal because people people who don't deal with this day in and day out there's no reason they should know what goes into a race right. but it gave this story gave us an opportunity to show people exactly what uh what a big race like Marine Corps deals with to run smoothly. So ultimately, the race was not shut. It was shut not. Down. So they, uh, what happened? I don't. I don't recall exactly. Congress came to a budget agreement. Uh, I believe a day and a half before uh, Marine Corps had to make their wow. their last call and uh, whether or not to go on. And things turned out great. Uh, it was a it was a good race and uh, and we managed to reap the millions of dollars of. Uh, Local economic impact uh, benefit the uh, that that uh, that we're told about. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there is so many dominoes. There is the economic impact. There's all these runners who are training for their first marathon, mm-hmm. and to not ha- not have an opportunity to do it would have been pretty devastating. But so. but what's really weird to me about that spin is that that you still haven't brought up the biggest impact that that had. And that was how it affected our Ragnar relay. <laughs> it did affect oh, yes. our Ragnar relay. That yeah. was yeah. one of the, one of the facets they had to. You were not allowed to run on the Sino Canal towpath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so didn't you have to double up yeah. on some legs? Which yeah, we, yeah. The last the last six legs were cut down to three. Yeah. But the thing, I mean, and well, I let, me, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did we? Did win? you feel yes. cheated? No, we won. But but we didn't have <laughs> a chance to lose. No, we did. Let me ask you this. We we did feel cheated. And, yeah. and and the other thing is, I mean, I, I can understand like a Marine Corps marathon that has uh, the majority of the race on the land and you have to coordinate mm-hmm. with like, um, you know, people setting all this stuff up. But everybody who's run like one of these major relays, you know that, that you're just you're running through with, with the normal weekend weekend runners as well, you know? Yes. It's, it really wouldn't have taken any effort to have us run across that land. They just weren't allowed to. Yes, so, that, that, would have put, that would have put future races in jeopardy if you violated right. if you violated that. I mean, there some people actually were cited for running on National Park Service land. By who? If you, by, the National, by the Park Police. They still had a skeleton, <laughs> a skeleton staff out there. Then they were working illegally. No, they, no, no. It, it was legal, actually. <laughs> Yeah, but no, they did have some people who were on. I don't know why. Yeah. It's today, today's the day you guys take me seriously. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Docs, I've never taken you seriously in the entire five, <laughs> 55 minutes I've known you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, that was th- those are all great uh, stories, uh, Charlie. What, um, what, what is the, what's the future for Run Washington? So yeah. right now I am working on the uh, finishing up the – uh, cross country themed issue uh, that comes out in mid August. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to we've been covering uh, cross country for the last three years in detail. I feel like we've got a good uh, jumping off point to do a great job covering it this year. There's uh, the question, obviously, uh, with people who live in Virginia or uh, Montgomery County, Maryland, would say, "Well, we already have uh, have somebody covering that. We've got Milestad in Virginia. We right. have." Uh, we have Moco running, which does a great job yeah. uh, in Montgomery County, and uh, and I don't want I don't want to uh, diminish the contributions that Milestone brings because the, I could never do what they do. They're, uh, they're oh, obviously yeah. they're 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 a they cover the entire Commonwealth and they they have they they have everything there. Uh, but I, I feel like we could bring some narrative to the uh, to to the uh, Northern Virginia area and. Uh, 
not to diminish the contributions that Mileset brings because that it's a heck of a website and they have an encyclopedic uh, knowledge right. of of what goes on in the Commonwealth. But uh, we're focused on Northern Virginia and we tell uh, uh, stories. Right. And they they uh, when they they focus on the horse race uh, between the top top kids in the state. Uh, I don't even think about uh, you know, Virginia Beach, uh, uh, you know, around Roanoke and Blacksburg. I, I focus on our, our region. Try to give these uh, give, give these kids uh, an identity uh, that they can be proud of there. Yeah. Uh, and I'll also try to unify uh, the D.C., uh, Maryland, Virginia region into some into uh, a whole, mm-hmm. a, a, a a single community. And so, uh, three years in, I feel like I've got a good base of knowledge, and we can tell some great stories. And I've no, I know some know some coaches pretty well now, and they uh, they can kick some stories up to me about their runners, like Matthew Hua. And uh, we all we're also working on a series uh, where we're following a few marathoners, uh, five of them, as they get ready for their fall races. Uh, I've got two uh, working on Marine Corps, one working on Baltimore, and two working on Philadelphia. And uh, one of my writers, Emily Rabbit, uh, just sent me uh, the fourth in that series, uh, uh, Conversation with a Girl Named Amelia. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be up in a few days. That'll be up before anyone hears this, probably. Is that her pen name or is that her real name? Emily? Her Rabbit. name is actually Emily Rabbit. Yeah, I was going to ask the same thing. Hmm. Great name. Two T's at the end. Wait, are there two T's that are regular reps? All right, well, we'll look. Anyway, so that that's good. Uh Lot, lot more online resources like that. Like some more maps. Want a, want a more comprehensive, uh, comprehensive look at uh, what DC has, DC has to offer. Uh, you know, beginner's guide to running here. Uh, saw a great uh, issue of Portland Magazine back in 2011 that had the uh, ultimate guide to Forest Park, and I still keep that. That's the kind of thing that uh, I don't even I haven't been back there since, and it's that's the kind of. That's the kind of uh, approach I'd like to, to bring to this guide. And uh, in terms of uh, what else I want to do in the future, I want to get a good sense of our audience. I want to hear more about what they want to hear. Uh, I don't get great. Uh, I don't get much feedback from people. I don't get many letters to the editor. Uh, we, right. we get a lot of feedback uh, <laughs> about your product, and they all said that they're they can't wait to, for you to write an article about the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we get a lot yeah, of that. That's, a yeah, lot yeah, of that. That's we true. Do, so yeah. I can imagine. Uh-huh. So <laughs> so I want to want to get in touch with more with the more with the readers. I want to find out who's not reading the magazine. Yeah, because. Uh, I've met I've met some people who aren't uh, familiar with it, and I want to figure out you know what can I do for them. What uh, there's a can I can I offer a suggestion? Yes, yeah, they they probably want to read something about the podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, we'll we'll work on that. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get my best man or woman on it, uh-huh. and maybe maybe Emily Rabbit. <laughs> she's she's pretty busy right now. She's yeah. got she's got a pretty pretty uh, pretty stuffed docket. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll cancel work, that. We'll work yeah. that. We'll work that out off air. So I want to I want to I want to I want to connect with a community of people who don't race, who don't meet up for for group runs, who are just runners, independent runners. Uh, I think they've got some stories. They've got they've got stories and motivations you that want to uh, tap into, uh, and just getting people's attention. We've we've. We live in a fickle digital age right now, and keeping people's uh, people's people's attention when you're doing four four uh, quarterly issues, it's you know you don't 
you worry people forget about you if they don't see you uh, for a few weeks, a few months. And so got to keep people's attention, but also, uh, but not just, not just give them flash. I want to give them substance. I want to, I want to give, I want to give them stories that will resonate with any reader, uh, regardless of whether or not they're a serious runner, a jogger, or uh, somebody trying to fix, trying to uh, adjust their health, uh, things like that. So just want to tell good stories and yeah. uh, make people glad they read. Well, he's, he's, he's easy to find on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. He's at Run Washington. So as you just mentioned, yeah, give him some feedback. Tell him what you thought of Please. this uh, <laughs> Tell him what you thought of this show. Tell him what, what you thought of him uh, as a guest on uh, Pace the Nation. Compliment, well, compliment me for not swearing on this podcast. <laughs> you did good there. I appreciate that because that's really difficult to uh, clean up <laughs> and do. post. Yeah, I have, I have a question for you. So they can find the online content at, at www.runwashington.com. That's correct. Where can they find the hard copy of Run Washington? Oh, all kinds of running stores, gyms. Uh, Doctor's offices, uh, my PT's office carries it, uh, uh, a credit union. I know there's a credit union that carries it, so, so it's all over the place. We actually have a comprehensive list on the website where you can find Run Washington. Cool. Email, email him if, or, or tweet him if you, if you need a copy. Yeah, we'll, we'll get one to you he, he's, he, I know he's mailed out signed copies in the past. That's the other thing. I, I, will, I try to connect with readers by... Uh, and I do this very tongue-in-cheek. I don't have an ego about it, but I go to the uh, Shake Shack runs that Pacers uh, puts on to uh, the DuPont Shake Shack, right, right. and I will sign copies for people. Uh, the, what I get out of it is uh, t- talking to each each person uh, and telling them about what we have in each issue, trying to encourage them to read it. Read the entire thing, too, because my writers do a lot of work, and I yeah. give them a lot of grief to get their stories in and make them good. Uh, so I want people to read them, and but uh, then I, I write something as if I'm signing signing a seventh grade yearbook. Uh, Stay cool this summer. See you in science next year. Things like that. And man, homeroom was a blast. Man, things like that. So let's be trout new material. And he he actually had a line last time I was there. Believe it or not. So. The shtick is working. <laughs> All right, that's it's it is the runner source for the DC area. It's Run Washington, editor in chief. It's free. It's free as well. The editor in chief is Charlie Ban. You can find him at Run Washington on all the social media platforms. Charlie, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, that was awesome. We will take a break and we'll be right back on Pace the Nation. All right, and we're back. Uh, thanks again to Charlie Ban, editor in chief of run washington for that great interview uh joanna you guys seem to get along okay i was a little worried but everything seemed to go smoothly good acting <laughs> <laughs> no i think this is this was therapeutic it right was. this was like a nice therapy session for charlie and i to work some things out you did. was this unfair for us to schedule him like this i mean in the future would would uh uh, to get even, the the farley and i have to uh, right. bring in schedule our nemesis and nemesis yeah I'm, I'm trying to think who would Dox's nemesis be. You. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it would be. Maybe it would be Lisa. Who? Um, no, I'm fine with Lisa. No, I, you know, and I, I just bring her up because she did diss you on the on the run the other day. But she didn't diss me. She big time you. <laughs> she big time you. Yeah. I, I think Joanna got some clarification on what actually happened there, though. 
I did. Yeah, I okay. talked to Lisa. Did um, you ask her specifically about why didn't you say hi to Docs on the trail? I did. Yeah, I, I don't. I just like to ask the question. You know, right. there's no reason to tiptoe around right. it. Okay. Um, and so Lisa said that she, you know, a lot of people recognize her mm-hmm. because she's pretty big time. Yeah, it's not, exactly. It's right what I was thinking. She big time right. me. Um, but it took her a second to recognize you. Because she saw you in studio docs and not uh, running docs. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Although you think she'd recognize the, the shoes. shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I yeah, don't don't hold it against her. She was she was a great guest. Um but uh Yeah, we only brought it up lightly. Yeah. I didn't bring it, it up it, as, as serious. Um and maybe maybe in part of it was was me trying to Establish a nemesis in the running right. community as well because I'm so right. jealous of Joanna and Charlie's uh, rivalry. Rivalry. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, we uh, a couple more things uh, before we close out the show, uh, and of course, Pacer Nation is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we do appreciate your five star ratings. We had a five star rating this week, I think, on iTunes. Oh, I'm gonna uh, let me read that. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's from uh, J.K. Bay. Okay. And it's the titled "Awesome," and says, "Just started listening. Cannot stop. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work." Well, thank you, J.K. Bay. Love that. Aww. Yeah. That's maybe nice. maybe from here on out, every week we will read. One five star rating. Okay. So if you give us a five star rating on on the uh, in iTunes in the podcast store, uh, we will read one each week. That's a, that sounds like a great idea. Um, we are just we we do just want our our, our our audience to interact as much as as possible. We want you guys to help kind of direct the show. Where do you want to see us go? Uh, that could be some of your tweets for this week. What do you want to see us talk about? Um, you know what guests do you think we should uh, bring in? So you know you can do that through Twitter and of course through iTunes as well, or the mail, or 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 the mail. Although now that my dad is on Twitter, he doesn't send letters <laughs> anymore. Yeah, we've we've lost one crucial yeah. uh, U.S. postal contributor, <laughs> so we're looking for more. Right, you can send those to uh, the Clarendon uh, location, thirty one hundred Clarendon Boulevard in Arlington, two 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 zero one. If you have hate mail, please direct it to Farley. <laughs> That's true. Care of Farley. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the Clarendon location. So it's time for the con- Clarendon construction update. Um, so, like Chris said at the beginning of the show, thank you for not totally spoiling it. Um, there are a lot of big things happening in Clarendon right now. So, the biggest is if you walk um, where the radius used to be, so right at the corner of Clarendon and Highland, um, now all of that wall is open windows. So, you can see right into the store, a lot of light, really cool. Um, and then the wall that used to be inside the store where that radius is, is now down as well. So the whole store is all open, a lot of light, a lot of windows. It looks, I mean, it does look amazing. It took a long time to get there. Longer than I'd wanted, but it does well, look Well, we're awesome. not totally done yet. <laughs> I know, that's true. But how's the, the uh, seasonal depression going? <laughs> oh, I think we're totally past that. Everyone yeah, is yeah. really cheery. Yeah, that's good. It really is. It's touch and go for a while. <laughs> it was. Yeah. 
It was an awkward space there, that radius, uh, but the windows. So come by the store, come by the studio. You can see this beautiful, uh, you know, display window display that I think is going to be. Yeah, so if you're a fan of windows, and, this yeah. is this is for you. <laughs> the walls are down. If, yeah, if you're a fan of walls, you missed your opportunity. <laughs> but window window fans can now come out of the woodwork. Yep, thirty one hundred Clarendon Boulevard. All right, I did want to thank my my staff just a second here. Uh, the Pacers running staff. We we had a uh, a big weekend this past weekend, and I know a lot of the the staff listens to the show. Uh, it was almost all hands on deck moving our P Street uh, store to 14th Street. Um, I was involved, but not nearly as involved as a lot of a lot of the, a lot of the employees. Can Joanna, I can I really just clarify for a second yeah, what yep. this move entailed? So yep. mm-hmm. the for, the P Street location across from the Whole Foods was open for business on Sunday, and then at five o'clock when the store closed. We packed up the store and moved it to the new location so that we could open it the next morning. Half mile down the street. Meanwhile, I was actually at a baseball game with my with my dad. It was my dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I did help a little bit during the day, but it was you know it was all hands on deck. So I got to give props to uh, the staff, uh, Kelly for leading it, and uh, everybody who who contribute contributed to this move. That the store is beautiful. Um, and and so we're really excited to be in that 14th Street neighborhood, uh, and and big props to everybody who helped make that happen, including our co-host Joanna, who works in Clarendon. Yet she was you're probably there till 11 o'clock on uh, Sunday night making that move possible, right? Just about. Yep. <laughs> so, anyways, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to mention that beautiful new store on 14th Street. Uh, if you're in that area, go check us out. Uh, it's kind of the Logan Circle area still. I don't know. It's kind of on the edge of Logan and 14th. I think technically it's still in the Logan, still Circle, Logan Circle Neighborhood Association. Yeah. But it's 14th and S is the is Neighborhood the Watch. Street. The Logan Circle Neighborhood Watch is keeping <laughs> yeah, an eye yeah, on, still, on the... Yeah, so we still have yeah. them uh, effectively watching over the store, which is great. Is this the is this the location that has the the, the pop tarts across the street? Oh, it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. we didn't get it. We should have gotten pop tarts during I the move. I know. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Ted's Bolton across the street. Apparently, I've never had them. Apparently, they've, uh-huh. they've got amazing Pop Tarts. So, You've had them. I've had them. Yep. Yeah, and I don't really even like Pop Tarts, and I thought mm-hmm. they were good. Uh, the the only disappointing part of it is that the construction actually is now over for Fourteenth Street, and we and never <laughs> even really talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will have Navy Yard uh, beginning fairly soon. So when Clarendon is is done, and Clarendon's kind of getting close to being done, we'll be able to seamlessly transition into navy yard i hope we'll end on our instagram if listeners are interested yep. you can see a time-lapse video of the 14th street store from the day we got the keys until we actually moved in yeah it's a pretty cool uh video done by uh steve Lyko, who is our social media expert maven and does a lot for this show as well all right this has been pace the nation thanks again for joining us Thanks again to our guest, Charlie Band, for sitting in with us for a while today. And Good picking the music. And picking the music. You got it. Uh, Are we? Did we decide, is this, is this going to be a, a, a one-time thing? 
for Charlie but, coming in studio. <laughs> no, I meant guest, having the guest pick the music. Yeah, I think maybe yes to both. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, whether Charlie can come back or not is up to if Joanne is feeling up to it. Right. It was emotionally exhausting for her. Yeah. Well, he, he, did, he did a great job. Hopefully we can have him back on the show. Uh, I don't mind the music. It's Bertha. Joanna called it Big Bertha. I think that's a golf club. These Grateful Dead fans are like shaking their head, turning off our show. Not now. <laughs> they probably are. Yeah. If they made it this far, they might <laughs> yeah. as well just keep listening. It's almost all going to be Grateful Dead from here on out. That's where you meet Docs. And for Joanna Russo, I'm Chris Farley. Thanks for listening to Pace the Nation. We will see you next week.